Hello, Allah. Welcome to Jordan's Mosaic Podcast. I'm Lina, a Jordanian tour guide. Now we'll walk you through the rich history, vibrant culture, and hidden gems of this small yet enigmatic country. So, whether you're sipping coffee or tea or anything in between, join me to discover Jordan's landscapes, stories, and flavors. It's time to embrace the real Jordan. Yalla! Talking about Amman, it was difficult to choose one topic to discuss about this city. I could have talked about history, which goes back to 7000 BC. Amman is one of the oldest, continuously inhabited cities in the world. I could have talked about demography. Four millions of people living in Amman from all walks of life. I could have talked about restaurants, cats, or markets. And they are all potential topics for future episodes. But I chose the topic that whenever I stand on top of Amman Citadel and discuss with my groups, I have shivers talking about. And I feel how emotional they get when I talk about this. Murals and street art. I did a little bit of research to find out who created my favorite graffiti or mural in Amman. I found her, I DM'd her, and now she is with us today. Welcome, Dalal Mitwelli. Please introduce your name and your name's meaning, please. Hello, thank you for having me. My name is Dalal. I am true Ammani artist, <laughs> as one might say. My name doesn't have a really nice translation in English, like literally, because it has a negative connotation to it. Translate to being spoiled or to be spoiled or you are spoiling. But in Arabic, it has a much more lighter and positive connotation of just like overflowing someone with um, or something or yourself with uh, love and affection. Cool. And you are spoiling our podcast today. And um, so you are very much welcome. You know exactly which piece I'm talking about. So yeah. can you please sort of describe it for the listeners who have never seen it before? And um, yeah. This piece really, because with murals, they're out in the open, it really is best to describe one encompassing the entire landscape that it exists in. And it exists in this uh, really large city view of all of these Lego blocks of buildings and these very tan and yellowish toned color buildings. And then one of the larger buildings and longer, quite tall, is a man with a yellow shirt and the man has a complexion that you can feel is given from multiple hours and days under the sun and on top of his head he is holding one of the crowns of the pillars in the Patra treasury and he himself acting very vertically and acting very poised becomes one of the columns um, with the crown on top his head beautiful and you know as a tour guide we always do tours in Amman and we walk between the Roman theater and this Amman Citadel where you know I show them the historical part of it but also we always get to see that uh, mural and for a long time I feel really guilty but for a long time I would tell them I would tell my group that this is my favorite mural ever in the world not just Amman and I always tell them like I always end um, the discussion with 
one day I have to find out who did it. And then, you know, I, I would I would love to just know who it is. And then when I thought about doing podcasts, I was like, maybe it's about time to figure out. And um, I'm going to tell you how I explain it to my groups. So when we are standing on Amman Citadel, you know, when you enter from the main gate and then you go up towards the Roman ruins of like a Roman temple. But on the way there, there's a white sign that has Taiki of Amman. And on top of her head, there is a column. And for those who don't know, Taiki is the goddess of luck. So she was the protector of Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the former name of Amman during the Roman era. So it's her head, like a picture of her head with a column on her head. And the actual piece is in the museum, in the citadel. But there's just a picture there, you know, shows how it was like found there. And there were walls protecting the city. So we always stand there. I don't know when it started. I can't remember the first time I said, I'm going to connect this with your piece. But I stood there and I told them to look at the sign and explain they can see the actual piece in the museum. But then I asked them to turn around and look at your piece. And then I told them, back in the Roman era, she was the protector of the city. And she was uh, the person who was like symbolized the city. And now this Jordanian man, he looks very like it's a very familiar face with his, even his skin color is very, you know. Henti. Henti, we call it in Arabic. Yeah, how did it's like it's not very dark, but it's not light. Yeah, it's obviously from the sun, as he explained. Yeah, standing hours and hours under the sun, and he's got the Nabataean column on top of his head. It's a local. For those who don't know, Nabataean is Nabataeans are the people who carved Petra and lived in Petra for years, and so it it's just very local, beautiful representation of Amman and then I always tell them that he is now the person who protects the city and builds the city and you know I always connected with Taiki the goddess of luck and I really like that piece so well done thank you I really like that interpretation connecting it to Taiki obviously I don't think it's a common interpretation so I haven't heard it before um, out of the different interpretations but yeah I like that connection a lot now, now I'm eager to go back to the Citadel just to kind of scope things around again. Cool. I can take you and just pretend that you're a tourist and then yeah. I explain it the way I do with my group. <laughs> Maybe groups. I should do one of your groups. Yeah, I should be in one of <laughs> That would be great. I can do a private tour just with you. Yeah, to me. you could do it with the group and then yeah. when they look at the piece and you're like, oh, and here's the one who's... Yeah. That's the artist. Like an ambush, yeah. Yeah, we can totally do that because <laughs> I took my mom there and yeah. that's exactly how I explained to her. I was like, you know, I explained your piece and then she absolutely loved it. And then now I told her about the podcast and then I told her the actual artist is coming. She's like, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. So I was super excited. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us how, um, how long it took? And so it was a collaboration as well. Can you just walk us through? Yeah, I think it's super important to note that it is a collaborative piece. So I am, you have one of the two artists. So essentially, it started with these discussions from a few people who, when you make murals, it's it's not a very easy thing to do, logistically speaking. 
rather not just the painting process itself or to get the idea or all that, but to get permissions and to find means of securing funds for it and all of these things are quite, yeah, they're not easy. So I got approached by this really lovely person called Sarah and she lives in Boston. So I met Sarah because she saw one of my pieces and she introduced me to Jafra, who is the other artist and he's a super insanely good Spanish Catalan street artist, but also con- like a conceptual artist and he does a lot of other things. And this was right before COVID hit. And we were just planning. It started out by just like trying to see how to get a wall for Jafra to come here. And I already have a lot of, at that point, I had some experience with organizing walls and whatnot because I also work in this local festival called Baladak. So I'm also familiar on the back end way of how to make walls. And so I had the chance to talk to Jafra and then COVID happened. And rather than having, we didn't really stop talking and it ended up evolving into this idea of, okay, we're going to do it at some point after all the restrictions go. And we ended up like maybe at least once a month or so have these long Zoom calls together where at first it was about trying to get him to know the city and get him to know the area and the environments. It was a new environment for him. And just like go on Google Maps and I'll show him all of the different neighborhoods and spend hours and send books and read articles and do all of these things and share experiences and that slowly evolved and over the span of like two years that slowly evolved into wanting to do something more collaboratively together and by the time that he came to Amman he was like I feel like I already know this place from how much time we spent talking about it and once he was here that was a whole other adventure but as soon as he was here we started to kind of find out what we want to kind of paint exactly and trying to find what is the subject that we will kind of want to do. And we were going about the sense of the idea of the individual and opposed to to a larger entity that holds that individual, like the like state or like the entire kind of uh, idea of, of a country and, and, and the individual behind them. I think that's why we clicked a lot, because also both of us have this more of a style of critiquing or is the style of trying to give these comments through our work and he was much more experienced than I was like I was just starting out so I really am grateful for him to kind of take a shot almost with me yeah and so that's how it started for sure and then we just spent like maybe 10 days or like two weeks going about uh, a man finding what we want to do finding the person that we want to take a photo of how do we want to do it? Finding the wall, because we had another wall planned and that didn't work out. And it's kind of insane to think about it because the wall now just looks like this is the wall that had to be painted on. But that wasn't the case before. We had so many things happening on all levels. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really nice. It was the most fruitful experience I've had, an intense experience I've had in Amman, at least. Beautiful. How many murals do you have in Amman? Large-scale murals are not a lot, actually. Mind you, I haven't been doing this for, like, like uh, there's a lot of other artists that have been doing it for much longer. But if we count from the first time I did it, 
maybe like five or six i believe i don't know i don't really keep track but for large scale ones yeah in amman your first ever was um in amman right the first one ever and yeah. um please describe it to us yeah it was the first time i actually painted so i wasn't i'm not the whole like uh, you know that that same story of like uh oh when i was like three I, I used to paint non-stop and, and, and I wasn't that type of person. Art came to me in a, at a very, or I came to it at a very later stage in life, quite late. Uh, so I was like, what, 18 or 19, something like that, starting at university. And it was through this organization called Beladak, which again, which then became the festival that I worked in. But that, that my first introduction to the festival was through this open call that they did. And I applied and I got in. And the theme was about individuals in our lives or the idea of community, I think. And so it was this idea of focusing on characters or personas or people in our community. And my idea at that point, which now feels a bit quite simple compared to, or like just very off the whim. You're being modest. I really like it. <laughs> I don't know. And when I compare it now to my process, it seems a bit like haphazard. But basically, I was finding in the sphere of the street art scene at that point is that a lot of it was styles that are more westernized. And I just was trying to think of a way of implementing something that was more representative. And so I ended up painting this side profile of a lady wearing hijab very i tried to make her feel very basic in a sense of not any distinctive characteristic because the idea about it was to have her kind of more representative towards this person being in some way a part of each of our lives if it's our mom or teacher our sister a lot of these things and then i was really starting my journey and fascination with arabic calligraphy and letterism which is a whole other world I've till now have like just I don't think I even reached the tip of the iceberg with it not even with application but just even understanding it so I tried my newly found skills <laughs> in Arabic calligraphy and and so the hijab on the girl and also surrounding her is like adorned with um, a lot of uh, calligraphy that is nonsensical like it has no nothing is like written or embedded in the thing it's just random letters yeah, yeah it's beautiful thank you yeah and um so you are living between amman and rotterdam yeah so what do you think makes the murals here unique not just to rotterdam but also the places you visited and in, in the world it doesn't have to be just between two cities what makes the murals here unique or different to others I think in Amman, well, I, I don't know if I would just talk about murals. I, I like to think of, or what I enjoy isn't just a matter of these very large-scale paintings, but also just a matter of the how art or how we intervene in our public spaces. And that could be in the form of graffiti or street art or muralism, which in my definition are distinctive things, are distinct from one another. And so I think Amman is so unique in the way of how you find these moments of self-expression in public space. So my favorite thing about Amman is actually not the murals per se, 
but like you know when you're passing a school and you find all of these love letters written by school boys yeah onto usually the the schools that are for girls yeah i really enjoy finding these kinds of uh, things i find them very unique to True. to amman that those are my favorite things i much prefer these like smaller these small scale more human scaled things yeah rather than large scale things because when you add larger things that require more planning and whatnot then you are i don't know in in amman different people get involved and it gets yeah. a bit murky water sometimes so and that can sometimes affect the product of a mirror i hope i'm not talking too ambiguously you you're, know, like, you're good yeah? okay. <laughs> you're good but yeah i really enjoy that about amman i enjoy finding them I enjoy just how eclectic the city is in general, you know. You find signs that are like from the 90s and then on top of them are like other newly signs. So you can find these layers in the city that's very unique. Okay, so if you are able to draw anything mm. anywhere in Amman, fully funded by say me, by right? Me. Not yeah. a, not a <laughs> yeah. not a certain, you know, um just just by a person, by me, yeah. say you don't have to worry about money, you don't have to worry about permission. Mm. Um you've got, you know, the uh, no limits mm. to choose wherever and whatever, what would it be? That's a really hard question. <laughs> I think uh, most of the things that I paint are always context based. So it is coming from where it is. It's not like I have a book of ideas and I just want to implement things. It's more about, let's see what's interesting to find here. And that's this whole research phase that I keep on referring to in my process. But maybe, maybe because I didn't get it, but there was this wall that's in downtown. And it's the only wall in downtown that can be painted on. Because like it, every all the buildings are stuck together. And this is the only one that's showing, mostly because in front of it is a like it's like I think the oldest building in downtown, and you can't uh, and it's like just two stories, and the and the wall is like I don't know like seven or eight, and so there's a big portion of it that's exposed. The thing is, it has like I think like forty four partners in the wall, and well, I was trying to get it for the for the column mural. And we would send, and they formed like a group, and I already have a group on WhatsApp, I assume. And we, I was just like sending sketches to them, and he would be like, "Yeah, um, for uh, twenty-three out of the forty-one like it, uh, ten don't like it, and I don't know, the other like another ten are indifferent." And uh, <laughs> so it's very hard to please like that big number of people. But I would love to find a way to. Because I also like downtown a lot. So if I could get that wall and take the time to research around that area and find something that, that could be really interesting to paint there. If that was the last wall I had to do in Amman, even if it was like, I, I don't have the need to paint a lot in Amman at least because it's a bit like overcrowded at this point. But if there is one wall that I would like, yeah, I don't mind this and then nothing else. It would be that one, I think. Nobody take it. That's <laughs> that's also something. Yeah, no, that's a sign for everybody. Don't secrets. take it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I call dibs. <laughs> so uh, murals are not like you know when you put something a piece or your work in an art museum. Mm -hmm. Murals are for public, and everybody sees it. 
and it's just out there. Do you think this impacts the content of it, especially here in Amman, and how so if yes? I think it's like a balancing game because you want to do something that is, I don't know, at least for me, because I'm not an artist that is like on the path of like from the studio painted a lot I have like a body of work outside of it and then I got into murals I actually I'm kind of doing the reverse where I started with murals from the very start of painting and now I'm slowly trying to see things outside of muralism but or it's outside of the public space let's say I think because of that I was always conscious about the sensitivity towards I'm doing something outside I'm doing something that is essentially not just for my own eyes I'm also aware that I'm almost enforcing something on people and that is when also scale makes a difference when it's a big thing it's like it's almost like I'm imposing something and that was almost like a fear to me about like oh damn it's a big task to feel it's a big responsibility but to me that within itself really makes it interesting to see what is something that might resonate with people and that's one of my at least for myself when I my aims when I'm painting is if I can make something that could very simply have someone think or feel something make them contemplate even for a moment I think to me that is like what I want and it doesn't have to be something that is could be something annoying you know it could be something that people are like oh damn this is something that I don't agree with for instance I don't mind that either as long as there is this kind of time that they took to process or formulate some type of interpretation Mm -hmm. I feel is good especially within an Amman context that you grow up not being exposed to a lot of art especially visual art I always say that if I would literally write descriptions or if I would write on walls, it could maybe have a more direct, more didactic impact on people because we are much more of a literature sort of people uh, rather than visual. And that's an art, for, art form of, of its own and it has its own uh, stance and I, I wish I could write good. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, so you're also kind of taking a role to, in some way, understand that the visual language or the language that you build to be able to decipher, to be able to uh, critique or, or think about visual forms of art is not as developed as maybe others or as yours or as other spaces on a general note. Then you kind of are also active in trying to lift this matter of visual taste and visual commentary and, and all of these things in reg- all of the thing the components of the language of talking about visual arts and that's a really cool role to have but I see that not a lot of it is like this is not like the formula that everyone follows you know but to me I find that super interesting like when I end up painting and then you have like I don't know like a mechanic or this just really regular person come and ask me about my color choices Like, where else would they end up having such discussions? And where else would I have such discussions as well on, like, this public scale? Because, yeah, we don't go to museums and we don't go to... And it's fine. It's not part of our casual or, like, everyday life, you know? Yeah. 
yeah and it, it's not that it doesn't have to be but yeah so it's these rare moments that you can actually talk about hmm I wonder why yeah. you painted the, the face uh, looking down or I wonder why you chose this color or, or these very like art based uh, conversations you know and that's so cool you never get to do that outside of that sphere yeah, yeah. that's really beautiful and yeah. um as you said, so probably 10 or 15 years ago, Aman didn't have as much murals. Yeah, I know. And now I can't imagine it without these murals. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so when yeah. I thought about, you know, talking about Aman, introducing Aman in a fun way, that's mm. not like everybody's talking about whatever, such and such. So I thought, this is a very important part of Aman mm. now that I can't unsee it. You, you can't just it's like go. part of its identity. Yeah. It's very important that it's there. And my favorite part is um, when I discovered your other piece where the old lady wearing the traditional clothes were yeah. her hands. My God, like I remember just walking down. I can't even remember where I was. What was I doing? Probably met a friend at a cafe or something. Mm. And I was trying to get a taxi home. And then I saw it just like on the wall. And I don't remember it before. So it was not there probably. I don't know like yeah, a few like, months ago probably and then I remember when I discovered it I was like this is so beautiful and I took pictures of it and I sent it to my friends oh. and you know it's the discovery of a new piece that yeah. you don't I don't know when, when is the next wall that's going to be painted on but I'm excited to, to ah, discover so interesting it's very beautiful yeah. it's a very beautiful as as a non-artist you know I yeah. just I just discover and it, it adds something so it's, it was just a wall that I maybe would have never stood and looked at mm. you know it would be just another thing and then and now it's a beautiful piece that makes you stop and wonder and take pictures of and send to friends and tell them this is the location I'll send you the location mm. and go discover and go look and um, it's it's very beautiful that sometimes you even somewhere that you're familiar with you go there every single day probably or every say once a month and then you discover a new piece oh that's very beautiful it adds something magical to the place and i love this about Haman and the murals and what you're doing and what other artists yeah. are doing here it's beautiful <laughs> thank you yeah i agree but not a lot of people talk about Amman, even on the general term i think everybody thinks it's a boring city when you compare yeah. it on a regional perspective i i think i never appreciated it until i lived abroad yeah um, it's very yeah. uh nuanced and very um it's charm, it, like you really need to invest yourself in it True. to kind of figure it out. True. It. Yeah, and then you kind of get the like this Amani distinctive charm. Yeah. You can't still put it into words, but you can feel it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it's Absolutely. quite interesting. Yeah. The beauty of it is hidden. It's, um, yeah. you have to dig it. If you don't dig it, like Amman as a city, it goes like, I don't, yeah, don't like want to show it to you. I don't care. If you don't like me, it's fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. And, um, it's like a, it has a, like an identity yeah. crisis. Yes. <laughs> You're trying to help it <laughs> figure itself out. Because other places are like, there's a predisposed identity that could, then you could, the city itself could measure itself with and react to and you could react to like when you talk yeah. about Beirut or yeah. Cairo yeah. or Tunisia or True. any of any of the these like Baghdad you know yeah. all of these yeah. places have yeah. you have a predisposed notion of, of what this might feel yeah but with Amman it's just like 
it's a bit boring. Yeah, <laughs> so until, yeah, that yeah. is true. And, and that was one of the reasons why it was difficult to pick. So I so I wanted to talk about Oman, but then yeah. it was like, what, you know? Yeah. What? I could talk <laughs> about history and I could go on forever, but like, is it enough? Yeah, um, does it relate to what it is now in some yeah, sense? Does, it, right. does that translate into helping people understand what Amman actually is. You know? True, true, absolutely. So eclectic, crazy. It crazy. is, it is. Yeah. I, I really love it. But yeah, you, you're right. It's exactly like that. And um, so to mention the murals, your friend, Aladdin, so he mm. does underground Amman. So can you talk a little bit, introduce a little bit? Do you know anything? Because I, I participated in his Yeah, tour. I know a bit more about Aladdin, but Aladdin and his wife, Hannah, started these tours, uh, which I think is a really nice initiative in a sense to show people the local art scene and definitely parts of things that are usually kept within the street art scene, which is relatively a small scene as well. There's not a lot of artists uh, that do this. And those who, and not a lot of them that, yeah, like there's ones that are out, like are now are, are out of the country or ones like, uh, yeah, so it's a changing and small scene. And a lot of insights if you're in the scene. And it's not a very easy scene to get into. There's a bit of gatekeeping going on. So it's a nice way to get that insight that you would not get usually. And that's how I know Ala before the tours. Because Ala is a b-boy as well. And this idea of hip-hop and street culture, I found myself getting more and more attracted to it. I'm not a graffiti artist. And that's usually the graffiti writers are usually the the ones from the hip-hop scene yeah. i wish i was <laughs> honestly <laughs> uh, some muralists or some artists now come from a graffiti background but not but now it's actually declining but yeah ala is like one of the oldest um uh, or has been in the scene for a really long time in the hip-hop scene as a b-boy and as part of the street scene and i just really like his initiative i haven't been on any tours i think i should i definitely should but I always try to refer him so that people could go on these tours. You did refer me and I did yeah. go. <laughs> so Case did in point. Yeah, I'm not. He's <laughs> giving some legitimacy to what I'm saying. <laughs> it, was, it was a two hours tour and I don't know, we saw more than 40 pieces along the way. And he just like he explained the stories behind each one and the styles of certain artists and so it made it easier that when we see a new piece, like we would guess, oh, such and such did it. And it's really beautiful mm -hmm. and it's highly recommended. So you are right. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a thing about murals that you said it won't be there forever. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuck with me. How does that make you feel as an artist? Oh, I'm, I'm so at peace with the ephemeral nature of these pieces. Actually... I told you that like I like this a sense of aim to kind of have people contemplate and have the chance for them to interpret and this is like this is what I give but I get so excited to see any reactions and you know when you finish a piece and when like you, that last brush happens on the wall to me it's not mine anymore and it just it's just for the street it's part of a it's part of a bigger whole at this point it has a life of its own you know and just by coincidences, I get to see the reactions and the relationships that are formed with the piece that are that have nothing to do with me, you know? Yeah. 
And that's so interesting, similar to you, like with your experience from the piece, like I would, I have no idea, you know? And I always wish like, is there a way where I can collect all of these reactions? And not for the sake of like, boosting my ego every once in a while, but it's more about like, seeing the different interpretations and seeing the manners of how people form relationships with these pieces, whether it's like on your commute to work. So you see it every day, for instance, or if it's something that, I don't know, I know people who are like, you know, that it becomes part of the directions after this meal, <laughs> you take this left. So it becomes part of the language of how to guide yourself, navigate yourself in the in the street. Yeah. And within that also, understanding that there are these reactions and this piece is is alive that also means that there's this life to it and as with anything there's an end to that eventually and it takes different forms maybe the building gets demolished or maybe something gets painted over or maybe with time it just starts to fade away or someone tags a really huge tag on it you know Um, saying how they love their girlfriend that's fine you know I really don't mind and I also really enjoy seeing these um, interactions that happen because it's like a conversation I am I've, I've put my end of the conversation let's say I even tried to start it and now I'm just waiting for for other people to reply and Beautiful. to have a conversation yeah. so I'm not very uh, what do they call it I think we have this uh, conception with art being very holy mm-hmm. and being very uh, sacred in a sense of like not touching the piece, not 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 ruining things, and that's a very museum institutional way of thinking. Yeah, and like this preservation thing. But to me, it's like that, that's like the nicest part about it, where the piece gets to be, gets to live its own life, and those are things that you can't do when you're painting on canvas in a, in a and then it gets hung up on a gallery or a museum or anything. So I really love that. I really the do. sign don't touch underneath. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know what they do with like Banksy now, like when they when yeah. Banksy does a new piece, they cover it and so that it doesn't get damaged. And that's like kind of opposite of what it's supposed to be, you know? Street art or this whole thing is inherently anti-institutional. And it's inherently against these forms of how we perceive art from an institutional point of view. And so any attempts of institutionalizing, this is me maybe going on a tangent, but any forms of institutionalizing that can, yeah, makes it obsolete in in, in its purpose, in its inherent purpose. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, I, to, I try to stay true in some kind of way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I don't mind, honestly. If I if I finish a wall and it gets removed the next day, it's... that would break my heart. But yeah, yeah, it would... <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's fine. It's the landscape. It's changing, and that makes it a unique, beautiful thing. About there's, I don't know. It adds yeah. when you said it the first time. I was like, oh no, it broke my heart. Like, yeah, oh, no, I want them to stay forever, but it gives it something uh, unique about about it itself like yeah. you, you know it's not going to be there forever and it's fine exactly like it's a, it has a life of its own now it's not because i think what would make it heartbreaking for an artist is because this is my work you know this yeah. is my yeah. piece and that sense of ownership but to me i don't feel that sense of ownership towards my pieces because i don't know i like to think that there is this awareness that i have surrounding the fact that just as 
I got this opportunity and this feeling of intervening in a space that is not entirely my own, then I am paying back with this chance of like, yeah, it's like a, it's like the skip that I get granted to have a voice in a space that's supposed to be for everyone else. And so in a way to pay back this, this opportunity, I'm also letting go of the piece to make it for everyone as well. So it's not mine anymore. It's only mine for the period that I work on it, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. it's then, then it's not. Um, which is in itself, like the, the time that you work on it is so performative and it's so interesting in its own. Like there's a pre-mural uh, work, like what you do before you paint and then when you paint and then after you paint. All of these are different stages. Yeah. yeah and they have, they have completely different experiences and things that you get to feel and think. Mm, that's beautiful. So on the tour with Aladdin, he said that 70% of street artists in Amman or Jordan or the same are females. Mm. I was shocked and I was wondering the reason. I don't know if you would have an idea, but as a female artist, I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I could be part of that category. Yeah. But I don't know how true that statistic is at this point in time. I think it changes a lot i'm yeah. pretty sure that at some point it really was like that like it was a much more female dominated area but i do think that this also goes within the sense of like thinking of how women exist in public space especially under the realm of if it's com- coming from a western eye looking at the space and them being very amazed by the fact that oh, well, women have a space in, in this uh, area that's supposed to be so oppressive and so, like, why aren't you at the house kind of thing. Um, you can edit that out if you want. <laughs> but no, like, I'm uh, keeping okay. it. I'm definitely keeping this part. <laughs> but it inherently, like, it almost automatically makes people feel this feeling of, like, at least when I talk about street art and talk about what I do on a context that's on, with in a context that's outside of Amman, Usually the first thing that people tell me is like, wow, you're so brave. And to me, it's like, yeah, you don't really, it's it's like a matter of them seeing me, I don't know, like uh, fighting all odds and, and doing all of these things in order to be able to draw these big murals and exist in the public space. And I think it's a much more nuanced and complicated relationship than this very, very simple and very almost regressive way of thinking of this relationship. But For street art, at least, when you think of that nuance and when you think about the art sphere and when you think about how the accessibility of art is on a gendered scope, then you find that mostly women are having that luxury to sit and paint and contemplate and and do these more, what they call it, like less productive in a sense of getting money type of thing. So it's actually in a sense of like, yeah, do your thing. You're not supposed to... uh, so then you kind of understand that, okay, maybe there is a higher percentage of females doing art, which can inherently translate, like it can go into the idea that, yeah, also then more females are doing street art. But it's also important to note that the maneuver or the, or the methodology or the way that they're doing street art, on a general note, not, it's not an, like a case per case, it's different, but on a general note, you find that the women or artists that are doing these walls are interacting through institutions. And so 
that mediary that is providing them with the wall, that's doing all of these things for them, and then they just have to come and paint for five days a week, whatever it might be, then there's not much friction than what you would think when you think of being in public space. There definitely is, and there have been instances with fem- with artists, with myself and other female artists that have proven that friction of, of women being in public space. And what does it mean to paint in public space as a woman? It doesn't feel as surprising when you yeah. know these nuances. That's kind of what I was getting put to. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah. But I really like the fact that that's how it is, you know? I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think it should be more. <laughs> it should be 99. Yeah, it should be 99. And we should, like, see who we want from the boys to get in. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very nuanced thing rather than this statistic. I think it's easy to get buried in numbers. True, yeah. And um, as you said, it's different from time to time. But I also, was expecting it to be more... To be honest, before I do yeah. all of this research, I yeah. would have expected it to be more male dominant. Yeah, no, I think that is a valid assumption for sure. Even like with with the with the with the column, I think sometimes there is this. Uh, I think with most murals, there is this surprise of of the fact that I'm doing it, or like I'm part of. Either if it is a collaborative piece or if it's a solo one, there is like that surprise of oh okay you're the one who's doing the hard labor. So thank you so much for this beautiful, I wouldn't call it interview, but Mm. conversation. It was more to me. And um, would you like to say anything else? No, I just really thank you for the opportunity to have me. I hope I get to do more and more interviews from local spaces, from people who are, in Arabic they say, Um, just us living in that in this in our shared space and doing things for ourselves so i hope i get more and more chances to do things similar to this but i'm really happy that there are these projects happening and i'm really excited for yours if you need anything i'm i'm very supportive towards what you're doing and yeah. all of the success for this podcast i think um yeah it takes a lot of determination to end up wanting to do this and have it outside of the note the ideas pad you know and to actually do it so yeah i really appreciate it and i and i hope i helped in any way (laughs) you did great it was a beautiful um conversation to be honest and thank you for accepting you i remember you saying you were not taking a lot of interviews for a while so yeah i i I got very picky with who i do interviews with and that's why I was saying I would always prefer to talk to people and support people who are understanding me on yeah. a, on a certain level than having these like reporters from different parts of the world wanting to fit me in a certain narrative. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, um, I, I get it. Yeah, I understand. So I really, I really appreciate these kinds of projects. Truly, I've expressed it before, and I can, I can say it again as well. So yeah. I feel very honored that you're here. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much. Um, Before we end the episode today, I'm going to read a quote. Mm. So this quote is written by a local writer, and I really like his pieces. And I asked his permission, and he gave it to me. So his name is Abdul Majid Al-Majali, 
Thank you so much for accepting. And I hope the English version does it justice. Although like it rhymes in Arabic and everything, but I tried my best. So I love Amman, even with its ugliness. I love it with the cement buildings that has become its identity. I love it with its extravagant rich west part and its east neighborhood that's looking for a drop of water. I love her. I love her with her lanes and the voices of female singers which fill the alleyways. The voice of Fairuz, like the birth of a child announcement leaving from the cars that are heading to earn a living. And the voice of Um Kulthum, which emanates from Amman's cafes at night, taking the sane ones back to their indiscretion. I love her because she witnessed our first job, first heartbeat, and first heartbreak. I love her because it's our contradicted capital city, as contradicted as us. That's it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did while creating it. I'm making a first ever writing and traveling retreat in January. We'll have writing sessions and traveling to the northern parts of Jordan. Sign up for the retreat because the seats are limited to five. We'll stay in an old artisty house with two rooms with spectacular view and hiking trails. If this is something someone you know would be interested in, share the word. Or if you're planning your trip to Jordan, don't hesitate to get in touch. So if you have any question or you need a tour guide throughout, let me know. You can contact me through my website, jordansmosaic.com or follow me on Instagram at lina underscore A-L-R-A-B-A-B-H or just email me on lina at jordansmosaic.com See you there. Salam.